0: Welcome to the
1: Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. We are back today. I'm, we're going to talk about a subject we have never talked about before because, well, realistically, I don't know anything about this topic, which is in part why we're talking about it. Number two, it's kind of new to the space. Now, when I say new, it's been around for a while, but it hasn't been around as long as real estate. So that said, today, we're going to talk about cryptocurrency, the craze behind it, We've got Dr. Bitcoin himself, Mark Hopkins, on us today, on with us on the show. Mark, are you with me? I am. How you doing, man?
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that, that, that are curious, how did I find Mark? I was on Facebook, right, looking around, and I see Mark popping up everywhere. Dude, you're like omnipresent. It's like everywhere I look, you're there talking about, <laughs> talking about crypto. So you've obviously spent a day or two researching it, right?
2: Just a minute or two, yeah. Right, yeah. Just right. about. So then, Yeah, I've I've been playing around in the space since probably about two thousand eleven. Uh so and then it quickly became an obsession. So that's that's where my, my background comes
1: from. Twenty eleven. Nice. You boy been that's when did when did this actually break out? I don't really it seemed like I learned about it yesterday, but
2: well, I kind of was a bandwagon jumper, uh, if you will, in 2011, because that was sort of its first breakout year, if you could call it that. Uh, it really has been kind of percolating since 2008, 2009. Uh, if you look at uh, Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper and uh, some of the writing, early writings of the uh, the core Bitcoin developers, there's a lot of references to the 2008 financial crisis. So the technologies that they're implementing are older than 2008 uh but they bitcoin's genesis uh block was in 2009 and you know there was a lot of uh, that that's kind of where things got started and the world sort of found out about it a few years later
1: yeah that's for sure because it's like i it seems like i've heard about it maybe in the last year and i admittedly sat on my thumbs for a while and doing nothing about it and around thanksgiving i started to get into it a little late to the party but i was like for me, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but just not knowing what I'm doing, I managed to more than double my money, pull my initial investment back out again, and now I'm playing mm-hmm. on, on totally on my gains. So that's what kind of spawned this episode. Where did Dr. Bitcoin come from? I love that name, by the way. Where did that come from?
2: I appreciate it. Actually, it was it – was, uh... It's one of those nicknames you pick up, and you didn't you didn't ask for it, but it kind of came along. So I, I was the founder and uh, editor in chief for a company called Silicon Angle. Right. Uh, it's an enterprise technology blog, and uh, I it was right around the time when I discovered Bitcoin was uh, I was in the midst of, of working that position, and I wanted to write a column on crypto and blockchain as it was an emerging technology, and we were just in you know in the the company chat room spitballing names, and I was like I threw out asked. And maybe call and ask Dr. Bitcoin, right. thinking like it was too cheesy, and everyone was like, "That's a perfect name. We're going with that." Like, oh, dang it, I was hoping for something a little bit less cheesy, but it stuck. So here I am.
1: Uh, well, I think it's pretty cool. So that's all that matters. <laughs> um, Thanks. So Thanks. Let's go ahead and start right in the beginning. What exactly is cryptocurrency? I know you hear about Bitcoin, you hear about this and Ethereum and Litecoin and all these things. What is cryptocurrency?
2: So the term that I like to explain first to give everybody a foundational knowledge to this is blockchain. Um, so that if you understand what blockchain is, you can extrapolate about 70, 85% of all these other technology terms in the cryptocurrency world. And so if you, so blockchain is uh, very succinctly a protocol, an internet protocol uh, with the aim of mitigating or eliminating the requirement for trust between counterparties Uh, to kind of expand on that just a little bit. Like, so it's, it's a, it's a protocol in the same way that email is a protocol or HTTP or uh, FTP or other things that you may or may not have used. That's Those are all internet protocols. Um, It functions like a database or a ledger uh, primarily. And uh, it's, Goal is to if you can trust the consensus algorithm of the blockchain protocol you're using, then you don't have to trust the people that you're entering into contract or a transaction with using that blockchain. You can just trust that the blockchain will handle that trust for
1: you. So you're essentially your, your trust lies in the machine or the software instead of the person.
2: Correct. Yes. Okay. So, if you trust that Bitcoin is a solid protocol, you can transact uh, without fear with anybody using Bitcoin. Interesting. Very
1: interesting. Okay. So, you've got this protocol, and that protocol is used to deliver, let's say, Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. What's next? I mean, when you say without trust, that that people listening to the show are probably thinking, oh, wait a minute, what if the code's fake? I mean, like. Granted, we're newbies here, so...
2: Sure. So, here's how it achieves that. There's a, a technical term called Byzantine Fault Tolerance, and it would take a, probably a, a good amount of time to explain where that term comes from and what it means. But basically, uh, it, it, the technical term is describing uh, the act of Bitcoin mining, in the case of Bitcoin. And so what we have with Bitcoin is a financial incentive for not just five or ten, but hundreds of thousands of individuals to uh, collectively apply software and hardware that are all unified on the same standard to securing the transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain. And if one person is in disagreement on any of that stuff, uh, then then they're outside the consensus and whatever their interpretation of the truth is, is either uh, that either will create a hard fork and other people will join in them and they will have a different ledger or uh, they will be thrown out entirely. But you cannot, uh, it would take at this point with Bitcoin, literally trillions of dollars worth of effort to overthrow the consensus made by the miners within Bitcoin and the financial award for uh, overthrowing that trust is in the millions of the billions. Wow. Okay. So that's where there's a financial disincentive for there to be fraud or monkey business in the code or anything like that. So
1: a lot of people are telling me they're, they fear Bitcoin because it has, they don't feel it has any backing. And usually my rebuttal, and I'm, I'm not a, necessarily uh, against or for it I'm still new to it myself I mean I've got some money in it but the US dollar is not backed by anything either so does this have any backing besides this technology or is it it just it's self-funded currency what's that look like
2: so it's uh it's the the proper way to think about it. So yeah, you're correct. The dollar doesn't have anything backing it except for maybe the largest military in the world. But uh the uh <laughs> in terms of the technology the, the technology. I, I come at it from a technological perspective, right. and and from that flows kind of the economic and the financial perspective. There's nothing that backs up the value of HTTP or the the value of email or FTP either. These right. are all technologies that you use to transmit uh, data. It just so happens that there is scarcity around the token uh, within. Uh, most blockchains and cryptocurrencies, which allows a market value to arise as an emergent property of okay. that protocol. Okay. Um, email, there is no scarcity, right? You can always make a million more emails. It's like beanie babies or tulips, right? You can always make more. Right. And uh, there's a, uh, there's no, no, there's nothing that can be scarce about a web page. You know, it's just, it's just code on a page and a way to transmit it. But with the tokens, on most cryptocurrencies, uh, once you have consensus and a certain amount of financial resources applied to achieving that consensus, you have scarcity that's very, very difficult, if not effectively impossible, to overthrow. Interesting. So it, it, it's like it's
1: better than gold, really. I mean, I, I know it's a terrible comparison. We're talking about something tangible versus intangible, but it, it's it's scarcity is extreme.
2: Right. It's, it, it is scarce in the same way that gold is scarce. And it has uh, properties, unique properties that uh, gold does not. Uh, I mean, you can't make jewelry out of Bitcoin, right. but you also can't transmit gold instantaneously across the Internet for pennies.
1: Oh, that's true, too. That's very true. So to, to my new listener, my listeners here who have never done crypto before, they don't know where to begin. What are some elementary resources out there that you can recommend?
2: Uh, so uh, they're the best one that if you want to uh, like a, a quick intro to Bitcoin, uh, there's a website called WeUseCoins.com. They have a 60 second video that explains everything about Bitcoin mining and how the Bitcoin ledger works and you know how money is transmitted and how to install a wallet. Uh, it's it, it's good for grasping the broad concepts. It's one of the first places I send people if I'm just having a conversation with them. Um, I'm, I'm also partial to the videos that I make. Um, I'm only uh, a few episodes in on this run of it, but, uh, I try to make, um, I'm trying to answer a lot of very basic questions and some advanced questions as well. Um, uh, there, if you're looking for current events and news, It depends how deep in the weeds you want to go. If you're very technical, you probably want to go to Reddit and uh, jump in on the discussions. Uh, If you're not a Reddit-type person, you're not big on forums, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Bitcoin Magazine and Coindesk and uh, Cointelegraph. Those are three publications that are fairly reputable in terms of the type of news that they'll cover and not uh and, and you know the journalistic practices and whatnot where will we find your videos okay. uh my videos would be at askdoctorbitcoin.com.
1: ask dr bitcoin is that doctor spelled out or, or abbreviated
2: yeah uh doctor yeah, d-o-c-t-o-r
1: okay. ask dr bitcoin <laughs> dot com. Yeah. awesome dot com. all right so it seems like, there's at least to, to those of us that are new to this whole thing, that there's lots of unknowns, lots of guesses, or at least what we appear to be guesses, or feel that are guesses, if, for those of us that are newbies to it, surrounding cryptocurrency investing. Besides yourself, obviously, who specifically would you say are the most accurate sources of projections? I'm hearing a lot of, you know, there's the, these, you got some 18-year-old prophesying, that prophecy going on that look, man, I was just on playing video games the other day, and I think that it's going to go that Litecoin's going to do this. And people are actually following, <laughs> fo- following that advice. Yeah. So,
2: I, I'm in a thousand different Facebook groups, uh, for, I'm uh, probably not a thousand, but you know, I'm in, I'm in more Facebook groups than I want to be in, uh, where cryptocurrency speculators and investors hang out and, I would I would say 99% of it is noise. It's just people kind of like, either either they have a pump and dump type mentality and they're just boosting something that they have a financial stake in, or they're, because most of these, these groups for cryptocurrency investors didn't exist nine months ago. Exactly. Um, and I hate to be like the old crotchety Bitcoin guy saying, get off my lawn, because that's not really what I'm trying to say. It's just that these are people that are not technical. Um, and some of them have a grounding in understanding how to do like technical analysis on a stock chart. Others don't. So others are like what you described. They're like a 15 year old kid that was playing Quake, for <laughs> Call of Duty a couple couple weeks ago, and now he's a he's a Litecoin millionaire and he thinks he knows everything, right? So um, it's uh, the places where I go are uh, different than what I would recommend other people go because the way I approach my money with cryptocurrency is different from what most people are ready for. Right. Uh, and because I, I don't approach it like an investment. I approach it as if it were a currency. I have been for the last three years living 90% of my assets, excluding my real estate, my house, uh, are in cryptocurrency. because, um, because the tools exist for it and it's kind of a better way, uh, in my opinion, to kind of approach the whole thing. Nice. Um, if, if, and I, if, if you want me, I, I can kind of explain that philosophy, or I probably you should could, answer yeah. your question before I do that though. Well, yeah. uh, in I'm, terms of, in terms of sources that I would send people to, I would send people to, to sources of information that are at least have a grounding in the technology, because that's the best way to judge, the success or failure of a project right. is either a, a, does it solve a problem? B are the people that are involved in it reputable and C: uh, are these reputable people actively contributing to solve the problem they're pledging to solve? Or are they trying to do a cash grab and not everybody is qualified to make those assessments about all these projects. Fair enough. So, and- but for me, the way, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't keep interrupting you. No, no, you guys, I, I was
1: trying, <laughs> it's, it's like we've got, oh, I'm trying to think, who do we have that's uh, influential? Robert Kiyosaki is the guy that's all about real estate, right? There's, okay. there's you that's a Bitcoin guy. Who else besides you is kind of where I'm going with that. Who, are there more than one voice out there that's, that's reputable? You came highly recommended. I've talked to several people that followed you for a while um who else is out there if there was a competition for last lack of a better word which i know doesn't really matter to you but if there was more than one resource because i my audience they like to research everything a lot of us are, are a lot of them are engineers and whatnot what where are other resources besides i mean as far as people go not necessarily a website but people is there another influence or other influencers out there that are accurate or at least so there,
2: there's a lot of good influencers most of the ones that i like are from the world of bitcoin and ethereum okay. and uh they're the the hallmark of a good influencer in the cryptocurrency space is they're not trying to pitch an investment with every word ah, okay. uh, in fact they're probably not going to talk about investment advice by and large um because either A, they have legal entanglements to prevent them from doing so, which is often uh, the case with me, uh, yeah, because people legally in America, if you're selling a security or you're selling an asset, a financial asset, you're not supposed to give investment advice. So um, all of my advice that I give is based upon the, uh, the merits of the projects themselves. So I'm giving technical advice. And those are the people you should look at because... Um, in general, and this is not universally true, but in general, if a project is technically sound, then and and uh, and the technology is tied to the asset itself and to the token that's in that cryptocurrency, right. then if it's technically sound, it's going to be a decent investment because. The more success that it achieves in terms of user adoption, the, the, the greater the scarcity and the greater the demand, and usually the greater the, the, the value of the token. So, so, to specifically answer that, I like uh, a guy named Eric Voorhees, who's an early contributor to uh, Bitcoin. Uh, there's another gentleman named uh, Brock Pierce, who is an early member of the Bitcoin Foundation. Bruce Fenton is another guy in that area. Uh, Vitalik Buterin, uh, the creator and founder of Ethereum, Uh, Charlie Lee, who is the creator and founder of Litecoin, worked for Coinbase for a number number of years, Adam Draper, who is the son of Tim Draper, and in that uh, the Draper, Fisher Jurvetson, Silicon Valley venture capitalist family, uh, is also a big booster for cryptocurrency and and, been fairly smart about a lot of these things. Uh, Tina Wei, Uh, she's the founder of the Dogecoin conference, uh, back in the day. Uh, still doing a lot of, uh, work and research out in Silicon Valley. Uh, Ann Ward is uh, working on a couple of secret projects in the world of cryptocurrency, but she's been well-known in Silicon Valley and San Francisco as, a, as the mother of startups and someone that puts together a lot of uh, really smart people in the room and helps them grow as as, as companies. And she's turned her attention to cryptocurrency most recently. Um, let me think of a, there's a couple other names I can think of. Um, Sarah Blinko she's been a, a, a voice in the the liberty movement you know libertarians as well as the blockchain and cryptocurrency uh, world for probably i don't know three or four years now at least she's been around in cryptocurrency almost as long as i have I, she's been around just i mean i remember seeing her name when i first got started and then uh kathy reisenwitz who is a fairly well-known libertarian feminist and uh, housing rights activist out in San Francisco. But she's also been a huge booster of blockchain and Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency projects. So when she talks about blockchain, it's good to pay attention. Okay.
1: Uh, that's, a, that's a great amount of resources. That's outstanding. I find the whole thing fascinating, I got to say. And, and for me, I, I, I'm with you and I'm glad that you said that about there's a lot of people out there that are giving quote unquote investment advice. Uh they don't really have any basis to give the advice, they're just, they're promoting whatever the heck they're selling. Um, but I wanna mm-hmm. talk a minute about, and I don't know if this is your expertise or not, but I'm gonna ask the question anyway, just as, I'm curious. I haven't really heard much talk about the tax implications of the gains. Is there any feedback that you have on that? Have you heard anything out in the street or have you seen any publications yeah. from the
2: IRS? So the IRS actually published on this. Um, They have a very simple answer to how they view uh cryptocurrency gains and incidentally and maybe even amusingly it's in complete odds of how the sec views cryptocurrency as an asset class however that's a different story the irs says very simply bitcoin is property cryptocurrency is property so if you understand all the different ways that you can be taxed on say gold Right. You understand all the ways that you can be taxed on Bitcoin. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. I love how they and call there's, it property. There's like a, you could probably go on for like an hour or two about like oh, all yeah. the different ways that that affects things. But they, if you, as a fundamental building block concept, that's, that's the answer. Interesting.
1: Now I'm also hearing about, like there's these mining operations and mining contracts like uh, USI tech and wealth generators and all these other such companies. <laughs> How exactly? What is it actually doing? Is it like you're you're basically investing into a contract? You 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 own a contract, from what I can tell. How exactly does that play out? I mean I don't need to speak for them necessarily, but I'm. What's your thoughts on those contracts and things like that for the beginning investors? So, personally?
2: it's uh, if you think that cryptocurrency is a risky and speculative venture, you should start getting into that business. I mean, if you if there's a there's a line from an old Dennis Leary stand-up uh, routine where he's talking about only America could produce a, a drug like crack because cocaine wasn't quite good enough. I mean, that's the way <laughs> you should think about right. these type of ventures because, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is, is a volatile, I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. But it's a volatile thing to put your money in and it takes a lot of intestinal fortitude. But... Uh, even run completely honestly uh, and completely without reproach. Uh, investing in mining contracts can be a very risky, a, a much even a order of magnitude, even more risky investment. And it's not to do with the fact that what they're doing is, is hard. It's not, it's not to do with the fact that what they're doing is, is a, a bad or anything. It just has to do with the fact that, uh, uh, running a mining operation takes such an extreme level of of technical uh, technical expertise and there's so many ways to screw it up right that it doesn't take much. I mean, just I'm not technical expertise, accounting, legal, uh, HVAC. I mean, just air conditioning is a huge thing you don't even think about until you have to have that as a problem. Like all these things where the margins of just one or two pennies per kilowatt hour could make or break the operation. Like it's very easy to run something like that out of business. And if you have a whole bunch of people that bought into contracts, and you get into a financial death spiral with your, your mining operation, you've got millions of you know, thousands of people and millions of dollars that are completely you know, up and smoking. Uh And it, it can be done with the best intentions. And then you also add on to that the fact that in, in the world of mining contract sales, I won't name specific names necessarily, um, but there's a lot of companies out there that are less than scrupulous. Um, that have used that extreme volatility of that type of business as a ways to scam people. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah.
0: How?
1: Any tips on how to sniff out? I mean, granted, like you said, it's all there's all extreme risk in the mining contracts, but ways that you can look from the outside and tell the good versus the bad is it just you know Google searching or?
2: So the problem here is uh, technology hasn't caught up with ambition. Right. Um, uh, because look at what blockchain is we, we started out the program talking about this blockchain is a way to mitigate or remove the requirement for trust between counterparties right. and when you get into business with somebody in a way that you're no longer using the blockchain protocol but you're kind of you know orthogonal or adjacent to the Bitcoin world, you're reintroducing trust into the equation and so people kind of lose the idea that trust is not a transitive property to blockchain and Bitcoin. If you're doing business outside the blockchain, it doesn't mean that you can just trust people again, or you can trust this whole thing to just work. So my advice is if you're going to reintroduce trust into a highly speculative and risky investment like Bitcoin mining or blockchain or cryptocurrency mining, then you need to find people you can trust. and work with them so there are there are regional there are many regional groups find like a meetup of bitcoin miners or or cryptocurrency miners and you know vet people in the ways that you're known to vet people in real life and go hey i think i can trust this guy i'm ready to get into business with him and do something like that i would not uh for a neophyte, for a newbie, I would, not invi- I would not advise them to go in on some sort of cloud mining thing unless they're being brought in by somebody that they trust and has the technical knowledge and the, the kind of the experience level to, to vet that better.
1: Well, and I think a lot of what I'm seeing is you got the people out there that themselves are noobs and they're they're excited about the MLM opportunity or the, the expansion in that regard. And they're not you know people get well i like i, I trust uh, jimmy and jimmy's a great guy and and you know jimmy i don't know paints houses for a living but now he's suddenly an expert in crypto and jimmy says yeah. that this this mining company is is great so i'm going to invest in it um uh, so and basically that by doing so the blockchain's not even impacted at that point because it's a mining contract right. is that what you're saying
2: okay right yeah. And so yeah, it's, it's uh, it, exactly. And and I'll be very clear to give people the level of 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 what I'm magnitude. What I'm talking about. I don't consider myself a crypto expert. Like, a crypto expert is somebody that spent four to eight years at MIT figuring out how to do John Nash beautiful mind type stuff. Right? See, okay. Those are your crypto experts. Um, I'm just an enthusiast who spends way more time than is healthy uh, <laughs> learning and researching about this stuff. Um, and so uh, certainly somebody who's been in the space for less than six months is not going to be the authority on what is a good and bad venture within the space.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I can see, I'm starting to hear, we're getting to the rumblings, I'm seeing it now, where so-and-so, you know, people are starting to leverage their property, sell off assets to invest in Bitcoin. And I'm sitting there shaking my head going, um, guys, you should probably make sure that you're not investing anything that you can't afford to lose uh mm-hmm. you know that people mm-hmm. tend to, nobody wants to hear that, but the reality of it is I think that the uh the lack of education that's out there a lot of people are going to get hurt, especially as shifts come, which brings me right. kind of to my summary question here and I know this can be a very complex answer, so on the ten thousand yard ten thousand mile view ten thousand foot view, what type of things? affect market prices I mean obviously the media can have a can have an impact on it is it is it buying and selling pressure that affects these prices like the stock market does or
2: so uh, I'll, I'll, there's there's a lot of answers to this um, but uh, number one it helps to understand what uh, drives a market obviously right. it's, it's, it's uh it's supply and demand right that's right. what just determines where that point is on the chart right but if you want to do a fun trick and, uh, or in kind of like a fun little experiment to understand <laughs> where you can, pre- this is a trick that will allow anybody newbie or expert to get a good sense of whether, uh, where, where the market is at go to, I don't know if you've ever heard of this tool called Google trends, yeah. but uh, Google publishes a live index, uh, searchable index of all the search terms. So you can go to like trends.google.com, you type in a word, and it'll give you a chart of that popularity of that search term over time. And then you can, so that's step one of this. So you'll go there and you'll type in the word Bitcoin. Step two is go to any place where you can get a Bitcoin chart. Uh, you want to have a chart that goes out probably four or five years because that's the range that Google, you're going to try to match these two charts up. So, bitcoinity.org, B I C, I say B I P I C O I N I T Y.org, has a good chart Bitcoin, that you can yeah. kind of copy and paste. Yeah, you know, copy and paste these both into like a paintbrush and then try to match up the charts to each other. You'll see that Google Trends uh, chart leads the Bitcoin price index chart by about a day or so, uh, with very few notable exceptions throughout the history of Bitcoin. So what that tells us about the price of a cryptocurrency and the price of a blockchain asset is that utility and user adoption are, are extreme drivers of, of value and price. This is not being driven by necessarily a speculative bubble. Right. In so much as that it's led by a few whales moving the market, it's more led, more closely correlatively led by mass user adoption.
1: I see. Okay, so that means as more people, more users come online, obviously everything starts looking a little bit, a little bit better, and a little bit better.
2: Yeah. It, you know, more, the more users you have, the more stable it is, the more valuable it is, the more utility it will have because there's more users with which to interact on the protocol.
1: I've been hearing that, um, you know, there's things like Bitcoin ATMs coming out now, Bitcoin based credit cards. It seems to me and just being a, a neophyte to this whole thing that it kind of sounds like this might be here to stay the, the crypto in general.
2: That is my opinion. I share that opinion. Okay. Um, I'm working on a book, uh, so you may have, when you've looked me up, maybe on LinkedIn, you saw it said IDM Futurist, so one of the things I do is I go out and I talk about the future and talk about technology trends uh, in front of uh, different conferences and whatnot. Um, I'm writing a book on my vision of the future, and I think, I, I personally uh, think that in conjunction with many other trends, uh, blockchain is going to be the dominant medium with which we Transact finances and any other thing, any other measurable uh, machine-to-machine or human-to-machine or human-to-human interaction. Uh, and this this is a seg- this is like a, a tangent that we could probably go off on for another hour or so. But to um, to <laughs> to kind of briefly summarize, is I think that as you. S- people kind of go on the journey that I've gone on. Right. Uh, I've been, I've been in this for, for six years, about three or four years in, I had the kind of the intestinal fortitude to kind of change my primary, my home currency in my brain and in my you know daily life from dollars to bitcoins. And, you know, I was, you know, it, part of the, the, the dragging, uh, uh, just on the drag on that decision was my wife. I had to convince my wife and my family that was a good idea too. Right, of um, but, but this, you know that's that's going to be that's going to be how the the rest of the the rest of the world also has to deal with these decisions. But what the re, what the big thing that convinced me this is a great idea is if you look at the financial system that we currently inhabit, it and this is, this is not America. This is the whole world. It's fractional reserve, right? And so our idea our definition of capital is decided by a few bureaucrats some elected some unelected and ivory towers around the world that they decide what our core unit of measurement for value is going to be what blockchain as a protocol allows you to do is pick the definition of capital that you like and use that and it returns us from an inflationary monetary system to a deflationary one. Where you know, sticking dollar and bills under your mattress is a viable investment strategy because right now, if you have a dollar, a euro, or a Zimbabwe dollar or anything, you that dollar the longer you hold on to that money, the less it's worth. Right. Correct. So yes. investing it in a big screen T V. Is a viable investment strategy because that big screen TV might hold value better than your dollar. <laughs> That's a great because way to look depending at it. Depending right? What country you're at, right? What, which, what Bitcoin promises and what gold backed dollars used to promise was that, yeah, be frugal with your money. Think about your money like an asset class that you have to protect because it might be worth more later on because it's scarce.
1: So I'm going to tell my wife that she's gotta to listen to this episode because I just figured out a way to justify that brand new drone I've been wanting. I have cash and, and <laughs> <laughs> technically the drone there should I go. should outproduce the cash that I have sitting in my account. <laughs> so Absolutely. If, Absolutely. If that falls apart, Mark, I'm totally blaming you for the drone purchase, but you know <laughs>
2: yeah. I'll take the slack for that I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you have to get on the phone with my wife and she'll give you the business. But yeah. Wow, I got to tell you, I learned a lot, and I really appreciate you taking the time. I know I kind of hit you by surprise the other day on Facebook. I'm like, dude, you got to come on the show and talk about Bitcoin, but I really appreciate you taking the time out uh, to join us here today That's and fun. talk about it. It was great.
2: It was. I enjoy it anytime you want. Anytime you want to chat, I'm, my my phone phone line's always open.
1: Absolutely, and just to recap, best way to reach out to you if people want to reach out and ask more, just to ask DoctorBitcoin.com.
2: Dr. Uh If you do a search for Mark Risen Hopkins anywhere on the internet, uh, chances are that's, that's going to go right to me. So
1: Outstanding. Mark, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. And then uh, have a great day.
0: This concludes today's episode. today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashFlowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can- multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.